the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Owning a tiny piece of property or a fraction of a classic artwork, that's been the promise of blockchain technology for more than a decade. If you think about it, when you buy 100 rands worth of Bitcoin, you're a fractional owner. Why should it be any different when it comes to property, art, or any other collectible? A pretty exciting development for South Africa is the launch of a fractional ownership exchange by Libex, where you can list an asset like a property and allow thousands of people to buy a share of it, and then presumably also earn some rental income. A lot of people roll their eyes at non-fungible tokens as a marketplace for overpriced art. But as with all new technologies, there's a growing core of people, among them musicians, who are using this as a way to connect with fans outside of the traditional record labels. Just as the internet bubble popped up in the early 2000s before the likes of Amazon and Google emerged from the ashes, so we saw the oxygen wheeze out of the NFT market, but it would be wrong to write it off. Well, we're going to look into this subject, and we're joined by Chaz Dunn of Libex. He's the innovation leader at Libex, and Morris Crespi, who's an attorney with Schindler's. Well, I think, first of all, Morris, we better ask you, what are you doing, a lawyer, involved with a, a new digital asset marketplace? Thank you to your listeners. Uh, we realized two years ago that what would emerge in the blockchain space is um, the necessity for attorneys to actually work with techies on the legal plugin. You need a legal plugin as between the actual token and the real world asset. So you cannot do it. I mean, techies have tried it. We see what's happening in the United States with the SEC. They've tried to tokenize, but they've fallen foul of the security laws and the um, crypto laws. So where we come in is we've specialized in working out how to do this, how to do it lawfully, and how to protect the investor, um, ensuring that the investor's legal rights are preserved through the transfer of tokens. Right. So you're talking here about the big debate with the Securities and Exchange Commission as to whether a digital asset is a, a commodity or a security. And I think Bitcoin is generally conceded is a commodity. Not in the true sense. It's been treated as a commodity. But as you know, commodities are such as gold, silver. Those commodities can be tokenized and they fall outside of the definition of security in the United States. We are actually involved with the tokenization of commodities, which is far, far simpler than, say, the tokenization of company equity. We're going to come back to that. I wanted to get into this new exchange for fractional ownership. It's, it's quite a fascinating idea. Chaz, uh, tell us about fractional ownership and this new exchange that Libex has joined. Libex is no stranger to the MoneyWeb listeners. Um, but how many assets are listed or are going to be listed and what market are you appealing to? Uh, and is it mainly property that you're looking at? Because property would be backed by dividend flow, right? So there would be something, therefore, of interest to investors. Yeah, so Lipex Quota is essentially a platform that's been built on our own blockchain, the LBX chain. And um, it's essentially built with our tokenization protocol. Now, the beauty of tokenization and the most practical example that I can give is this idea that if you had a building that had 15 different floors, you could essentially tokenize that building, okay? And you can essentially split that one token into 15 different pieces to represent one for each floor. 
Um, the beauty of tokenization um, is that you can further fractionalize each one of those 15 pieces into a million different pieces if you want. And the beauty of that is the fact that it reduces the barrier to entry for any kind of money growing opportunities. Especially when you look at real estate, how much money you have to front in order just to invest in real estate. This kind of technology is super profound in the sense that now you can get involved in, you know, um, participating in real estate opportunities from as little as 10 rand. So as far as our platform goes right now, we have a few projects that have been listed. Uh, we have about four or five that are currently live with about another 10 that are expected to go live before the end of the year. Uh, we, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's exclusive to the real estate market because we have agriculture projects where um, people can participate in um, you know, agriculture opportunities as well as we have a plastic to diesel opportunity um, as well where um, we take plastic and we turn that into diesel. So these are the, all the different types of um, projects or opportunities that can essentially be tokenized for anybody to essentially participate in. It sounds like fundraising. Therefore, um, uh, Morris, maybe you can jump in here and just talk to us about some of the legal challenges where you have an unregulated space. You, you, you have something which is operating off the blockchain. Uh, it is going to be regulated soon, but this does seem to interfere with some of the securities laws in South Africa. Well, that's the point I was about to make. It's very, very much regulated. You can't simply take a public company, tokenize it, and put it on an exchange and start trading. In terms of our Financial Markets Act, you have to register as a stock exchange. So it's not that easy, and that's why you've got to look at the law. There's a misconception out there, and that is that crypto regulations are new, and that is really the stumbling block when it comes to the tokenization of real-world assets. It's not, that's not the case. The stumbling block are our security laws, um, as is the case in every jurisdiction in the world. All right, so go back to your, your uh, example there of agricultural produce. What is the, give us some practical examples of a kind of agricultural asset that you will be listing. Yeah, so with our agricultural projects that we have, essentially, um, we can essentially tokenize the cattle, right? So um, any kind of agriculture project that's out there, no matter what kind of crop, or livestock that they are um, growing. Uh, essentially, all of those can be tokenized into um, investment opportunities for anyone to essentially participate in. So essentially, how that works or how that looks is that you're essentially just um, buying into a, a cow, <laughs> you said, uh, well, like looking at the agriculture space, and um, essentially you would essentially get some sort of return from whatever is done with that cow. More respect to you. So. What then would be, I, I guess you've, the reason you're here is because you're the legal advisor to the Libex Exchange. No, we've, we've cracked it. We you've know, you've cracked it. So uh, tell us what were some of the big obstacles to overcome there? Because normally if you're going onto the stock exchange, you have to issue a prospectus. You have to have advisors. You, it's expensive no, to absolutely. do that. Is it expensive to, to list uh, an asset or a business for Not, fractional ownership on the Libex Exchange? Not in comparison. It's a fraction of the cost. As I said, the Financial Markets Act makes it a requirement that um, you register an exchange. So Libex, if they were to trade in securities in the traditional sense, um, they would have to register. Also have the Collective Investment Schemes Act to comply with. You have the Financial uh, Sector Regulations Act, and as you pointed out, the Companies Act. Now, what Libex is doing is they're self-regulating. As an example, um, in terms of our Companies Act, you require a prospectus if you're going to uh, proceed with an IPO. What we're doing with Libex is that we're ensuring 
that a prospectus is drafted in the form of a white paper. We're also ensuring that a due diligence be conducted and that they pass that due diligence, that the audit reports be made available, and importantly that what we term integrity officers be appointed on each project so that a potential investor can make a call, contact somebody at Schindler's just to ask questions to make sure that the, the investment is legit and uh, that's the idea behind this off-regulation until, I guess, um, crypto does indeed become a security in terms of the definition of the Financial Markets Act. When is that likely to happen? It's not on the cards at all. The structures that we're using at the moment are not defined as securities. So securities, as I said, are regulated. You have to register as a stock exchange if you were to list securities on a crypto exchange. Uh, Chaz, let's go back to you. I mean, the last time we were speaking to your colleague Asif from Libex, he was telling us about the number of NFTs that you had on the exchange. And if I remember correctly, it was 60,000. Give us an update on that. Is it, how's it doing? Yeah, so we're incredibly humbled um, by the reaction to the market, um, by the reaction from the market with our NFT marketplace. You know, um, there's incredible benefits that any kind of creator in the creator economy um, have when, you know, accessing our NFT marketplace. And um, it's really humbling and very surreal to see the um, the response from them, um, just in terms of them wanting to participate, wanting to know more. Um, that number's grown quite significantly since the last time. Um, what is spoke. it now? I can't give you the exact number. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, there's... We've essentially positioned now our NFT marketplace to the creator economy. So whether you're a musician, whether you're an artist, whether you are a fashion designer or graphic designer, video editor, whatever that may be, um, this is essentially the the platform for you, right? Um, so yeah, just to answer your question, just more briefly, it's been very surreal seeing the reaction from the market. So those 60,000 NFTs, you say it's grown since then. Uh, what, what are they? Mainly, is it, is it artwork? Are they artists? Are they downloads of music what are they yeah so we're getting a lot of people that are um minting artwork for the most part because i think that's what nfts are really known for but over and above that we're seeing a lot of videos getting minted on the nft marketplace now um expanding into um, animation uh music videos and um yeah i really want to get into the music space more specifically um over the next coming years um i think there's a massive opportunity for any kind of creative um to kind of get involved and i think music more specifically is really um a massive um industry for us to kind of penetrate i mean it does seem to be a way that musicians can interact and engage with fans and find new fans in in a more creative way than going through the the traditional method, which I guess is the record labels. I'm not very familiar with the music industry. And it's also a way of going direct to market, right? So are you finding people are, it's it's unleashed some, you know, creative energies that people find, okay, you know, I'm pretty good and and, uh, I've got a bit of a fan base and I can grow that much quicker if I go the NFT route than if I go with the record label. I wouldn't necessarily say it'll grow you a lot faster because I think any kind of independent artist will always have their independent struggles per se. I think just broadly speaking to this idea of musicians getting involved with NFTs, I think it's multi, like multi-layered, right? I think one of the biggest uh, problems that musicians face right now is this access to funding for any of their new projects. And um, 
essentially some of the main ideas that we have at Libex is this idea that any kind of independent artist, you know, who's looking to, you know, raise a bit of money for their next major album, for an example. At the end of the day, albums cost a lot of money, right? And it needs a lot of different resources from managers to producers to mixing, mastering engineers to potentially even writers as well as people that handle all of your different visuals, right? So essentially, like, artists can um, take... Uh, their new project that they want to essentially produce and they can get an illustrator in to essentially create artwork you know that um, expand on the different themes that uh, um, that that album you know may uh, may contain okay and what's beautiful is that you know if you sell a thousand nfts for a thousand rand each that's a million rand in in revenue and with a million rand with any kind of independent artist they can 100 percent make something that's of quality okay I think over and above that is this idea that just below the JPEG obviously lives the smart contract. Within, you know, um, the music industry, there's so many different stakeholders that are involved. Like I mentioned, the mixing, mastering engineer, the writers, the composers, the producers, the um, whatever that may be, right? And um, the smart contract essentially allows us to code each one of these individuals into that creation of that project, okay? So that whenever royalties, you know, well, hopefully one day in the future, once we start having, you know, um, tokenized music getting read by these streaming platforms, essentially those royalties will automatically get kicked back to all of these different artists. Over and above that, you can offer things like utility, right? And um, any artist that essentially sells these 1,000 NFTs could essentially offer exclusive perks to those 1,000 NFT holders, like a lifetime access to any concert that I'm performing in around the world. They get exclusive access to that concert. They just have to rock up with their NFT, right? Over and above that, you can also then, you know, incentivize the people that are, you know, buying your NFT. So you can say that, you know, 30% of all my publishing rights can get distributed back to all the people, you know, that bought these NFTs as a way of thanking them for, you know, participating in their project or participating in the growth of them as an artist. So there's multiple different layers where musicians can really, you know, embrace this technology for, for good. And this also opens up this idea of like, I'm going to use this in inverted bracket, but like alternative investing. Instead of us, you know, putting our money towards real estate, this now opens up the opportunity to, you know, put money towards people and their growth. Right. I do want to go back to the fractional ownership idea because this was always the promise of blockchain technology is that you could, like with Bitcoin, you know, you can own 10 rands worth or two rands worth of Bitcoin. It's almost limitless how small and how fractional your ownership can be. Where do you see the big market for that in South Africa? And, and what led you down this path? Would people coming to you and say, hey, you know, I've got this property and I'm just looking for an innovative way to sell it or to raise capital against this collateral? How did mm. it start? So I think we, as a continent, and I think more broadly, there are um, a bunch of other countries as well that are dealing with the same issues of financial inclusion. Right. So the layman who's not necessarily earning, um, you know, a lot of money, uh, they can't necessarily participate in any kind of economic growth. OK, so essentially, like it's this idea that like we really wanted to, you know, reduce that barrier to entry for a lot of the different people that don't necessarily earn, you know, significant amount of money that want to put it towards real estate or any kind of other you know, growth opportunities. Right. Us reducing that barrier to entry. Um, is something that we're really passionate about because we want to get everybody involved with the economic growth across our continent and across our world. And um, now with the power of fractionalized ownership, um, you can essentially put your money towards 
any kind of uh, real life asset from as little as 10 rand instead of having to, you know, front, you know, large amounts of capital in order to participate in any kind of economic growth. So I think what this really does is that it democratizes money growing opportunities more than anything. Um, no matter how much money you earn, no matter what demographic you're part of, no matter what background you have, now you can finally participate, like I said, from as little as 10 rand. Which, of course, was one of the great promises as well of Web3, and, and that's something that you've been involved in. We're currently using Web2, which has got very limited interaction, but, of course, with Web3, you'll be able to transfer value online just as easy as it is to access a website online. 100%. Maybe you have a more elegant uh, definition than that, but um, that uh, the democracy of uh, financial inclusion, the, the, the great promise of the last few decades, do you think it's coming? I do think it's coming, especially with technology like this. If you are you know, someone who's been wanting to participate in real estate but didn't have that capital, now you can, no matter how much money you're earning. You know? So I definitely think that promise is um, just about ready. You know? um, and I, I, do see, I do foresee over the next couple of years people really being you know, woken up to this idea of digital assets, especially fractionalized ownership. Right. Morris, back to you. Schindler's is a law firm. Correct. You're setting up a crypto exchange. Yes. Explain that. It's a real-world asset marketplace, very, very similar to Libex. In fact, we've joint ventured with Libex, so the same assets are listed on both exchanges. Our exchange is schindlersx.io. We realize that as lawyers, it's the way to go. If we understand the legal plug-in and we work with techies, and we work alongside techies, incidentally, we actually acquired a blockchain company during the course of last year so that we do work alongside the techies uh, to get this right. But um, if you understand the law, you understand 99% of the, what's required to tokenize assets. Believe it or not, the tech side is only probably about 5% of what's required. The real, real burden is our law. Does this make you somehow a pioneer as a law firm in this space? I don't know of any other law firms that have done something like that in the world i've been invited to conferences uh, around the world in fact just in the last two weeks i've uh, been invited to three conferences that uh, i was a speaker at and a panelist and my message is attorneys have to rise up you know up till now the techies have been alone and it's up to us now to make this a reality web3 a reality and um you know, I, I, I share the view, the democratization of real estate, of uh, funds, of um, any asset uh, out there is really, really important. You know, you won't find the Gen Zs going out there and buying shares in REITs, but you will find them buying tokens in the real world asset environment. And we're actually partnering up now with Brol uh, Auction and uh, Leasing. We're working very, very closely with them to actually get this off the ground. And if you go to the website, you'll actually see that there's a brand page dedicated to Brawl. And uh, we have quite a few in the pipeline. What a fascinating idea. What kind of assets do you, are you looking for? I mean, it sounds like you've got to focus on property. If you're talking to Brawl, you know, you know they're, they're a facilities management and uh, property management company. Is that kind of the area that you want to focus on? Real estate, but it's really private equity. We can, if you have an idea and you have a business plan, and you require funds, you can approach us, we'll look at it, um, and we'll guide you through the entire process. And the beauty is that you get a listing both on Schindler's X and on Livex, 
and we're working with other partner exchanges who are going to work with us and JV with us to ensure liquidity because I think that's what's the most important concern at the moment is whether there'll be liquidity in the market for these tokens. Exchanges in South Africa or abroad as well? South Africa, uh, we actually, you won't believe it, Binance Global have responded to this incredibly. They, they believe that we're very, very far ahead. They've said as much. And uh, two of their representatives are actually going to join our advisory board from Binance. So you're going to take a private equity approach to this, um, which makes sense because you, you want to obviously inspect the returns and look at the project. And, but how is it going to change from traditional private equity well, using this exchange? Traditional private equity, what is your exit? Over here, what you can do is you can take a single investor. Let's say a single investor wants to uh, invest 100 million rands in a pri- private equity venture. What they have now is the ability to actually offload that investment in the form of tokens internationally. That's never, ever, ever existed. Okay, so you're going to be able to offer, presumably for the smaller investor, an on-ramp to a pri- – normally in private equity, you're looking for big funds. People with big money would, would be coming to you. Now you can do it with a much smaller amount. And also you're offering an exit in terms of the ability, a secondary market where you can offload uh, that asset and sell it to somebody else. Correct. Not only that, but alternative revenue streams. What we can now do is build in the project owner into the royalties on the smart contract. So every time there's a trade, let's say for the next 10 years or the life of the investment, the project owner uh, will have access to that revenue. So if... Let's say you want to build in a 5% royalty per trade. That's possible. We do that. Our tech team puts that into the smart contract and it automatically gets paid to the project owner. So if somebody wants to have a look at it, can they go? Is it, is it already up and running? You, they can have a look at this exchange? Yes. And it's, Schindler, it? it's Schindler's um, yeah. it's, it's there. We are, our hard launch is in January. At the moment, we're working very, very closely with Libex to ensure that their assets are perfect, meet the criteria, and then we'll look at joint listings. Chaz, back to you. You're a pretty innovative firm. You know, you've, you came up with an NFT marketplace. Uh, that seems to have really taken off. You've come up with a fractional ownership marketplace in conjunction with Schindler's. Uh, wh- what's coming? What else? So, like I said, so we've, we've essentially built our own blockchain called the LBX blockchain. And on top of our own blockchain, we've, we've built the NFT marketplace, as you mentioned, the Libex Quota, which is our tokenization protocol. Um, we've also built a, a decentralized finance platform, an OTC platform as well. On top of that, um, you know, we have our stable coin, SR, as well as um, our um, native cryptocurrency, LBX coin as well. Mm-hmm. I think over and above that, we've, we've positioned ourselves as a blockchain platform. So we really encourage, you know, developers from across the world, you know, to essentially come and build on our blockchain as well. Um, so essentially, that's that's our plan. I think that's our um, our plan for expansion is just really, you know, building, you know, that foundation, building our own unique suite of products on top of that, and then also encouraging, you know, developers to really come and integrate, you know, the power of this of this technology. Do you know how your LBX coin? That's your native coin on your blockchain. Yes, sir. Do you know what that's? What's that trading at? So right now we haven't listed it yet. So that's our, um, uh, I'd say Q2 next year. Um, we're going to be listing that, um, but I don't want to put any dates to that right now. Morris, final question. Uh, tell us where you see the future of this for um, this law firm, Schindler X, having its own exchange in conjunction with LibX. 
What's it going to look like in a few years? I think the entire uh, financial sector will be completely, completely disrupted entirely. Uh, We see the SEC, how they're trying to avoid that from happening, but I believe it's unavoidable. Um, So I I see a lot of people entering the space. What we're trying to do is to partner up with them. Um, We are, I'm in fact encouraging competition in this space. There, There are countless assets out there that can be tokenized. So our attitude is uh, build the exchange, whoever you are, and uh, let's share in the order book, let's share in the back end, let's share in the liquidity. Chaz, your view, where is this going to take us in the next couple of years for Libex? Yeah, so we really are expecting, you know, um, like I said, our, our continent to really, you know, wake up to, you know, digital assets, you know, more broadly. Um, you know, once this uh, momentum of adoption really, you know, um, gains traction, I think we'll be in a very unique position to really, you know, corner that market as Libex. Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm such an advocate for this technology and how many lives it's going to change from whether you're a creator, whether you're just, you know, um, part of the working class, whatever that may be. I do think that, you know, um, this idea of uh, this digital space, you know, our lives are never going to get any less digital than what they are now. It'll only get more digital and technology will always exponentially grow, you know. And with that being said, the amount of opportunities that are going to arise, you know, like Maurice said, like we encourage, you know, um, a, a competition in this space more than anything, you know. And um, um, just with that being said, I think we really are excited about our trajectory and where we in uh, and, and just in terms of where our technology is right now, how robust it is. And um, from here, I think it's just a matter of us just kind of solidifying ourselves as, you know, a, um, um, a front runner, as a blockchain company um, that provide, you know, really good, you know, blockchain services, end-to-end solutions, as well as platforms where anybody can participate, whether it be fractionalized ownership or even um, um, digital artwork on our NFT marketplace. Chaz Dunn of Libex and Morris Crespi of attorney firm Schindler's. Thanks very much for joining us in the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.